Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today. Hey, have you taken time to join the I Work For Him Nation? Just about every day, a new person joins the nation and makes the commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. They're making the commitment to serve those that they work alongside every day, to look for ways to befriend them. So they've got an opportunity to actually show them Jesus outside of the workplace. They look for ways to pray with people when they see that people's countenance is down, when they see that people are just, they're just dragging a little bit. And they ask the question, hey, something going on? And when the person says, no, I'm fine. And you say, hey, does that mean you're freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional? And you're like, and they're going to respond, no, 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 I'm fine. Really? Hey, what's going on? Hey, and then you ask, after they tell you what's going on, you say, well, can I pray with you about that right now? Those are people that join the I Work For Him Nation, people that are willing to just do whatever they could do to be an impactor on their workplace. But all along, these members of the I Work For Him Nation make the commitment to being the best, the brightest, the strongest examples of a Christ follower in the workplace and to do the best job that they can in their position. Go out to iWorkForHim.com right now. iWorkForHim.com. That's iWork, the number four, Him.com. Click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag and be the first person today to join. No, you be the second person today to join the iWorkForHim Nation. Each and every day, we're looking for people to join and make that commitment because we're trying to transform workplaces across the nation. And why do we do that? Because around Tampa Bay alone, there's about 4 million people, but over 3 million people never will darken the doorsteps of a church. But those people, they go to work. Your workplace is your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. Join the I Work For Him Nation. Remember, it does take a paradigm shift in our minds. Romans 12.2 reminds us of this every day. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, every day I try to bring on guests, people that are, are, are just, they're rocking the workplace in a different way. And I find new ministries all the time, and I find people who are willing to share their testimonies on the air all the time about how their impact in the workplace. And about, I don't know, two and a half months ago, I was introduced to Bill Peel. He is in charge of the Center for Faith and Work at Letourneau University. And 
I just I gotta have I got to have the opportunity back in February to talk with Bill about the ministry from the Center of Faith and Work and what it's all about. And I said, Wow, would you be willing to do a radio show to talk about it? Because R.G. Laternal, for those of you that are not you're new to this marketplace ministry idea, R.G. Laterno, he led the way back 30, 40, 1930s and 40s and 50s. Bill Peel with Laterno's Center for Faith and Work. Welcome to I Work for Him. Jim, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. So before we get started talking about that, just talk first. How is Christ making a difference in your life today? You know, it's... it's you know, the biggest difference that Christ makes is His presence every moment of, of every day. And like everybody else, I struggle with just abiding in Christ and making sure that I am living in Him. And that's what empowers us all to to live for Christ wherever we are, whether it's, you know, at work, whether it's, you know, driving in the car, commuting, uh, and uh, responding to somebody who cuts you off inappropriately, uh, or when you get home, dealing with your kids or grandkids, as I uh, have, have been doing the last couple of days here since they're visiting me. Uh, but that's what empowers me. That's what drives me. That's what gives me the ability to to really show Christ to people. When I am abiding in Him and living in Him and experiencing His presence and really knowing He's there, uh, living through me at, the, at that particular moment. So let me ask a question. So how many grandkids do you have? <laughs> well, I have I have four and a half right now. So we have we have one in heaven. We have a three year old, a two year old, a one year old, and a and a minus eight weeks year old here, who's who's going to make her appearance uh, at the end of May or the first of June. So how young are these grandkids? Well, it's, uh, the we have a a three year old, a two year old, and they're staying with us right now. And then or the one year old, excuse me, three year old, one year old, and then we have a two year old. Uh, who's going to come visit in a couple of weeks or so, a little boy. So it might be a little early to start instilling the idea of marketplace ministry into them, but you can. But I know, that, I know that you're dripping on them even now. But that's why I was getting I'm like, well, I don't know how old your grandkids might be. It's where you can actually start speaking that truth into them. Well, you know, you you start doing that obviously very early. You let them know that uh, they're part of a family, they're part of a team, they contribute in some way, even if it makes more work for you. Uh, that'll pay off later on. You teach them that work is good and teach them to enjoy their work and make sure you create an environment where they feel positive about the, you know, the simple work that they do. Uh, help them understand that thankfulness is is absolutely huge. Praise them when they do well, and all those things are are what we ought to be doing every day in the workplace for absolutely. our employees and our coworkers. Anyway, you know, it was an amazing thing to me when I learned, uh, really, only eight years ago, that my faith really I suppose it was nine years ago. Now I'm getting older. When I realized that my faith could really impact my workplace. 
and that it was supposed to do so, that I wasn't supposed to have a, a segregated faith, that it wasn't supposed to apply to my daily workplace. And when I realized that, it, 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 it just gave me such a power in the workplace to just be bold in my faith and just to love people right the way they were. And it's just been amazing. And that's why we have our guest on the air today. We've got Bill Peel. He's from Laternal University, and he's in charge of the Center for Faith and Work. Bill, when we talk about Laterno University, not everybody knows about R.G. Laterno and why Laterno University was established. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Laterno University? Absolutely. Let me start with Mr. Laterno, so that'll lead right into the founding of the university. Uh, back when he was in his 20s, uh, he had two sisters that had gone off to the mission field to China, actually, uh, at the early part of the 20th century, right after this bloody Boxer Rebellion, when, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of missionaries were slaughtered. And so he had this great example of, of people that, you know, were highly dedicated to Christ and his family. But he was in business, and he always thought he was kind of a second-class citizen and wasn't really committed. And one day he decided, okay, I'm all in. And he went to his Pastor, he said, Pastor, I, uh, you know, I surrendered my life to Christ. I'm, I'm all in for Him. Uh, now I've not got to figure out what that means. And they prayed together. And Mr. Laterno said, I figured I was going to be a missionary or a pastor or an evangelist because that's what really counted to God. And after they prayed together, his pastor told him, Bob, God needs businessmen as much as He needs pastors and missionaries. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Laterno said, All right, if that's what God wants me to be, that's what I'll try to be. And so for the next 60 years, that's exactly what he worked on. That he, God became his, you know, senior partner in his business, called the shots, and everything that uh, that the Laterno company did uh, was was modeled after what Mr. Laterno was learning about what what it means to run a business for the glory of God and for him personally to to live for God. And right after he. Uh, b- 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 he built a, a huge manufacturing empire making large earth-moving machines. And if you've driven down a highway lately, you can thank God for Mr. Laterno because some invention of his was likely used. He built gigantic earth-moving machines and uh, that made the highway infrastructure of America. And he also pr- uh, provided 70% of the earth-moving equipment that the Corps of Engineers and the Seabees used during World War II. And uh, so he was a very successful man. He uh, A lot of people know Mr. Laterno because he gave away 90% of his income and practiced what uh, fundraisers, like to, fundraisers like to call the reverse tithe. But they don't realize that there was a huge decision. It was made before that decision was made about where Mr. Laterno spent his money, and that was who was running his business and who he was really working for. And that was just a natural extension of uh, of of. Of his giving was a natural extension of his commitment to making Christ the Lord of his workplace. So right after World War II, uh, he founded this university in Longview, Texas, it's in East Texas, uh, basically halfway between uh, Dallas and Shreveport, Louisiana, on Interstate 20, and uh, built this incredible plant there. And right across the street was an old Army hospital that had been decommissioned, and they acquired that and started Laterno University. And there are two things that Mr. Laterno wanted from his engineers that he was training there and that at what was then called Laterno Institute. And number one, he wanted them to be able to start and do things 
the day they graduated. And so practical hands-on learning has always been part of the DNA of the university. The other thing that Mr. Letourneau wanted people to understand was that their work really mattered to God. And that when whatever they were doing, whether they were preaching a sermon, uh, welding a pipe, or drawing a, you know, some kind of fancy engineering uh, drawing to solve some problem, that they were actually doing God's work and they needed to draw upon his wisdom and uh and and as they did their work and do that work you know for the glory of God and so that's been the heritage of this university all these years and well, today Laterno is uh it, it is the leading Christian polytechnic university in the world and so we're we're very proud of of our engineers our aviators that graduate from there as well as uh our English majors and psychology majors as well. So anyway, that's who Letourneau is. So l- let me ask this question, because it seems to me yeah. like R.G. Letourneau had an amazing pastor, because I-, I don't know how many pastors in the United States of America today that if they had that same conversation with a business person would say those things to the to the business people, that, hey, listen, God needs business people out there. You can use your business skills for God. Go out there and make a difference in the kingdom by you know doing a great job in business did you have a a mentor in your life like that uh actually no it's uh, th- this was a a long journey for me i had some people that uh pounded me along the way but not not anybody that actually rode with me during the entire journey i had people uh that came into my life uh and uh, and and nudged me spiritually in this direction significantly in fact you know i i'm a seminary graduate. And so in my first church, one of the elders took me to lunch. He said, Bill, you realize God's heroes don't stand behind pulpits, don't you? And I, was, I said, okay, wait a minute here. I just got 120 graduate hours of theology so I could be God's hero. And you're telling me what here? But what he was trying to say to me was that whatever I do standing in a pulpit is all about preparing people for their workplace mission field on Monday morning. And so that, that those instances like that really began to help me understand that uh, whenever I was, whatever I was doing at church really, you know, had its application, you know, on on, on Monday morning. And so, you know, it's interesting, there there probably weren't very many pastors in Mr. Letourneau's day that would have given him that answer. But today, more and more pastors are beginning to see and recognize the importance of, of everyday work uh, to the kingdom of God. And we're excited about, you know, what we see happening in local churches as pastors begin to awaken to this importance of, of preparing people to be not just uh, Sunday morning disciples or in their private devotional time, but with their whole life and seeing all of life, including work, which dominates most people's lives, uh, as something that's significant to God. God God cares about it. He shows up there. He wants to dwell in us and embody our work as we do it. And, you know, unfortunately, lots of folks just are asleep at the switch spiritually because they don't realize, you know, all of what God can do and wants to do through them in the workplace. So that's got to be the reason why you guys started the Center for Faith and Work at Laterno. Well, I mean, why don't you tell us why Why did you get it started? Well, it actually came out of the of a vision casting meeting, uh, meetings that uh, that uh, the university had uh, back in uh, 
probably, I guess, 2006 and seven and eight. And uh, they were creating a strategic plan for the future. And they said, you know, this faith work heritage is something that we want to invest in and make sure as a university we never lose. And so they, uh, in 2010, the fall of 2010, the president of the university called on me in Dallas here and asked me to found the Center for Faith and Work at Laterno University, and I was absolutely delighted to do that. It is a strategic move for the university, and for it's really an important, an important ministry in the United States as well. But so let me ask this question. Okay, Laterno University was founded around the center of faith and work being put together yes how come yes. how come how so did had had you guys strayed away from that message where it was necessary to get you back on center or was this an emphasis to reach out talk, talk to me about how no, come i it think had it, to be no, set up? the university yeah the university never really strayed from this um in in fact it's really funny to to go back you know to to meet alumni in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and visit with them. You know, Mr. Letourneau died in 69, and so after he's gone, this is still, you know, going on. And, you know, one of the one of the, the things that all the engineering students tell me is uh, there's a professor that that – uh, that used to do this devotional before class, you know, and it was called the two-pot, you know, this is not a two-pot world. There's not a, okay, you do your engineering over here and then your worship over here. This is a one, he called it a one-pot world. Everything goes in the same pot. God cares about it all. Whether you're, you know, whether you're, you know, solving this important engineering problem or studying the Bible or whatever you're doing. And so that's, that's always been there. But uh, I think they wanted to, you know, as, 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 Schools. Bill, I got I got I got to interrupt you. We're talking with Bill Peel. He's the executive director for the Center for Faith and Work at Laterno University, right there in Longview, Texas. And if you haven't heard of R. G. Laterno and the testimony he has, you got to go out on a Wikipedia or some other websites. Even maybe how about Laterno University's website and find out about this amazing man from the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s who impacted his world, and he's impacted your world. You, if you're driving today. You're driving on a road that was made with patents that he developed in the 60s. The equipment, that the heavy equipment that you see all over the world, he's had a hand in many pieces of that equipment in it being designed. Bill, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here. I, I, just let's step back for a minute and really talk about your role at the as an executive director for the Center for Faith and Work. A lot of people don't understand what these centers are within universities, because if the university is all about equally equipping everybody that graduates from Laterno with a, with the recognition that their workplace will be their mission field. What is the Center for Faith and Work all about? Well, Jim, there the the. The centers have this focus on on one particular part of what the university or an individual wants them to focus on, uh, and the, the the Center for Faith and Work is part of the university. We have a, an inreach. Uh, function and an outreach function. We uh, champion this legacy of R.G. Letourneau on campus to make sure to keep that highlighted. Um, we do that by all kinds of uh, resources that we actually bring to the campus, but w one of the most important things we do is we we bring godly uh, Christian business people to campus 
to share their work and their testimony regularly so that the so that young people can actually see what it looks like to live out your faith in in the in the workplace and then externally we uh we we represent the university out in the world to to Christians in the workplace we do that through a significant website that we Keep up to date on the latest thinking about good business and good work and godliness in the workplace and how to become a spiritual influence there. All kinds of workplace wisdom uh, from all kinds of sources. We're, you know, the, the the Bible has an incredible amount of information to say about about work. But you know what? Uh, a lot of times there's great information in Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Fast Company, and we find that. And when it really agrees with what the Scripture teaches, we we put those up and, and uh, point Christians to them and say, hey, learn from this, and here's the biblical basis behind what these people are saying. So we want people to, uh, out in the workplace to begin to see their, that their work matters to God and begin to experience the transforming presence of, of Christ in their, in their workplace. So the mission of, of Laterno University is to graduate men and women who see their, see their work as a holy calling and to go out to claim their workplace. And specifically, to, we, would like, we want to claim every workplace in every nation for, for Jesus Christ. And so and when, that's, and when you that's do what that, we're really all about, and the center is a huge part of that. When you do that, you you are, I mean, obviously the Center for Faith and Work, which you can find out more about them online at the Center for Faith and Work dot com. So what is right? Was it dot com or dot org? I forgot. I should look at dot com. Yeah. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Center for Faith. CenterForFaithAndWork.com. When you go out there, there's all kinds of great resources. Bill, do you find yourself working alongside other marketplace ministries to to bring effectiveness into what you're doing from the Center for Faith and Work? Well, absolutely, and that's a, a big part of what we're actually have been working on for the last two years. Uh, the the Workplace ministries over the that have risen in the United States over the last thirty or so years uh, have been fairly well isolated from each other, and so one one of the things that we began to see was that we needed to be able to bring these people together in a collaborative form. And so, uh, eighteen months or so ago, uh, we met in Boston and gathered two hundred and eighty people from around the world who were. Uh, who had some kind of voice in the faith and work movement? They, you know, these were these were all the way from authors to business people that were really just trying to figure out, you know, how to <clears throat> how to help their employees live for Christ in the workplace. But they're people that really cared about this issue of faith and work. And so we met together for two days there, and we're having uh, this. This is called the Faith at Work Summit. And there are uh, six different ministries, six different faith and work ministries that are involved in the in planning the next summit, which is October 27th through 29th uh, later this year, uh, which is going to be here in Dallas, Texas. And so we, I work very closely with with these colleagues to uh, to try to create an atmosphere where we can uh, work more and more together uh, as as people, you know, trying to serve Christ and help people experience God's transforming presence in the workplace. 
Well, and I want to talk in more detail about that uh, that upcoming yep. conference. But I want to do our book highlight segment because I want to talk about this book that you wrote. But our book our book highlight segment is, as always, brought to you by MTLMagazine.com. Our friends at MTLMagazine.com have worked very hard to put together an amazing magazine and a website where you and I can go and find out about the resources that are out there to help us grow in our faith in Christ. MTL or MoreToLifeMagazine.com is a place where you can find out the latest about books that are out there movies that are out there dv uh, excuse me cds that are out there whatever it may be that you're looking for there's something out there to encourage you whether you're looking for information or resources on faith family relationships money health business the world or just everyday life mtl magazine has more to life for you our book that we're highlighting today is workplace grace written by bill peel and walt larimore bill why don't you talk about this book why did you write it <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things I got forced into in some ways. Um, I am not an, a, a gifted evangelist, and uh, I just want to say that up front. So it's kind of funny that I've written a, a book about about evangelism. But uh, you know what? I mean, most of the most evangelism is taught by gifted evangelists, and so I don't know, Jim, about you, but I've gone to a lot of conferences and I've heard these guys speak. And because I'm not a gifted evangelist, I always feel somewhat substandard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few times I've gone out and tried to use their methods, and it's been not a pretty sight. Uh, I've I've uh, closed more doors than I've seen opened uh, by you know some of the aggressive things that I've tried to force on people. And over the years, I began to see that that our uh, spiritual influence in people's lives uh, can be very profound in the workplace. In fact, it is the workplace is perhaps the most strategic venue for Christian influence in the world today. Uh, if people un- can really understand. You know how to go about that. So uh, Walt Larimore and I. Walt is a is a physician, uh, and uh, we both came to Christ through a, a, a campus ministry that had an aggressive approach to evangelism, and we found out it really didn't work for us. And so we still felt like, goodness, you know, we, we we're not off the hook here. We're we're responsible for this, but we have to figure out exactly how it, how it should be done. And when I actually began to look at the scripture uh, about evangelism, sure, there are places where somebody is is very aggressive with strangers with the gospel, but in most places, evangelism is described kind of an, an agrarian model. Um, yes, it is. In, in John chapter 4, uh, in uh, in 1 Corinthians again, uh, in Matthew 13, this this idea of spiritual influence is, is agrarian. And what that means is, you know, you don't pop out a Christian from one, a new Christian from one encounter. There's a, there's a sowing, cultivating, uh, plowing process that has to take place. And so we began to look at evangelism as a process uh, and uh, came up with all kinds of ways that Christians could help influence their colleagues in the workplace uh, well, and, through... And that's got to be where uh, you got the... That's got to be where you got the name Workplace Grace. So on on the website centerforfaithandwork.com, centerforfaithandwork.com, you've got some you got some tools out there that are on that website. What are those tools that you've got out there for people? Well, we have a, a ton of just great articles uh, of different 
different aspects about faith work integration, wise business practices, how to work, uh, how to honor people in your workplace, how to be a great leader. All those things are there. We also have a a lot of stuff for people that are working in churches and want to help other people understand uh, this idea that work really matters to God. So we've got a lot of resources for pastors there. Uh, we have on we have uh, you know curriculum that's uh, that's available there. We also there we also have some curriculum that we present live as well uh, that you can read about there. And uh, one of the things that we we just are always flabbergasted by uh, is uh, how many how many we have a lot of workplace uh, prayer guidance and different prayers for the workplace there, and that tends to be our our most popular the most popular way people find our website is they're looking for prayer for the workplace, which in some ways shouldn't surprise me, I guess, because the workplace is you know is hard. It's a hard place to live for Christ. And so we want to provide as much, you know, as many resources as we can for people. But prayer is obviously maybe the most important uh, resource that we can give. And we so we've got some guidance on praying for things in your workplace. And then in the future, we're going to have some online courses that people can actually take and learn more about what the Bible actually says about work and good wisdom about work and just more about uh, becoming a spiritual influence in the workplace, which is what the core of Workplace Grace is really all about. Well, let's talk about that, because I don't think anybody called in for the copy of the book yet, so I want to make sure we give away a copy of your book, Well, because we said it right at the end of the show, at the end of the break, and so I actually, no, look, I just got it. All right, Camille called in there from Janine, she got a copy of Workplace Grace. I'm excited to send All that right. out to her. When you, when you were writing that book, did you ever have mm-hmm. any idea on where the book, where the Center for Faith and Work would lead you? I mean, you, you're, you're a person that's a, a coordinator, you're a unifier, you're, because you've got this, this Faith and Work Summit coming up here in October, people look to you and go, hey, what's Bill Peel doing? And because I've, that's how I got your name. I, well, you got to talk to Bill Peel over at Laterno. Bill Peel's got, he's got it going on. He's got it figured out. How did you become that point person in the faith and work movement? Well, there are a lot of us, I would say, that are, that if, uh, you know, that, that I would point to. I'm, I, I hope I have some degree of influence, you know, in, in this movement. But there, there are lots of other folks that probably are more qualified than I am to to be speaking you know about this but the part of it is longevity uh this this started for me back in 1987 uh when i was pastoring a church and really felt called to that i needed to leave the church and help people understand what it meant to do their work as unto the lord i just finished preaching through colossians now this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction it really been building over 10 years time but i realized that hey you know this is uh, this is something that I really uh, felt like God was calling me to, to spend my life uh, investing in, helping people in the workplace realize, you know, that there's a spiritual life, you know, beyond Sunday morning. So let me ask a question about that, because yep. as a pastor, didn't you have that opportunity from the pulpit to speak that truth into them? Well, uh, I did. The uh, the the uh, some of the leaders of the church didn't really want me to be doing it that much, so that was part of the reason why I decided to leave. And uh, and and also, uh, there was just a, a tremendous as the church grew. There was just you know more and more 
call for administration in the church, and and I, I've really felt like, okay, uh, I need to focus on out there, not in here. And so that's that was just, you know, how God led me. God doesn't lead everybody like that, for sure. No, but, well, it's, uh, that's, it's interesting that's when, how God led me. It's interesting when God leads a pastor out out of the pastorate into the workplace. Um, I, I've, I've had another couple of guys on my show that have had that testimony, but it's it's unusual but yet exciting to see the God saying, listen, I, I see your heart and your passion for workplace ministry. Let's get you out there so you can actually touch the lives of people and really help them help disciple them. I mean, that's really what he's used you for. Well, and, and I would say it like this, Jim. I don't want to make that too, too big a dichotomy because, you know, I'm I'm still pastoring people. It's just Absolutely. A, it really takes place a different form. And actually, uh, um, I, I would challenge every you know every business owner to think of themselves as a pastor uh, because the God has given them you know the the. Uh, the, the spiritual care as well as the financial and workplace uh, and, and functional care uh, of all of their employees. And uh, people in the workplace need to see if, if, in fact, if you've got anybody working for you and reporting to you, uh, or if you're working, <laughs> just broaden it, if you've got anybody working with you, uh, you have a, in some ways a pastoral role to be spiritually influential in their lives. And so it's it's not so much it's not so much a difference of of, um, of of what I was doing as much as it's a different place and and maybe way I was going about it. I love that. I love that because I talk to, we talk about that all the time with people that hey, you as a business leader, you're really the head pastor in your organization. It's so powerful. Let's go. Well, let's talk about yeah, this. And I, Jim, let me say one other thing. I, I, go ahead. We, pastors are beginning to wake up to this, uh, to this part of this, which is really wonderful. Um, they, the, the influence of a particular church, uh, you can multiply it by about 25 times uh, if, if, if pastors begin to see they need to equip their people for the rest of their lives uh, to be spiritually influential out there, because there are, you know, millions of people actually, you know, even in the United States out there that will never darken the door of a church, but they work next to a, you know, a Christian who attends church. And so, you know, every pastor ought to realize that, you know, his extensions of his ministry and the church's ministry are going out and spreading out all over the community, sometimes all over the United States or world. Uh, that have sat in the pews on Sunday morning. And there's a tremendous influence that the church has if it begins to look itself, look at itself as the church scattered rather than just the church when it gathers together. I, 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 those are great analogies, and, and I agree, and I didn't mean to interrupt you earlier, but it is, it is so true, that this equipping, because we're really, what I am seeing, even just in Tampa Bay, as, as I, my eyes started opening up to this nine years ago, is that those people that really take their calling seriously, their, their, the, the, the Great Commission calling seriously in their workplace, whether they're the leader or whether they are um, somebody working in middle management or lower, that they understand, wow, they can really make an impact in the workplace. And it always starts with prayer. That, and that's why you heard me, you put out the challenge yeah. at the beginning of the show. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name every day. I, I, I want to jump ahead so we don't run out of time. I really want to talk about the Faith and Work Summit that's coming up here in October, the 27th through the 29th in Dallas. Talk about the Faith and Work Summit. Who should be attending? Well, 
the Faith and Work Summit is a unique opportunity for anybody who's actually interested in this whole idea of what it means to follow Christ in the in the workplace uh, to come together and uh, learn and uh, learn and associate and collaborate and meet other people who are really speaking into this part of uh, this 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 kind of ministry. Um, we will. There were, we're expecting about 400 people. Uh, they will come from every part of the United States. There will be uh, people actually coming, uh, you know, from from uh, coming in internationally as well. Uh, they're they're business people, so they're people that are you know at work in a business somewhere today. Uh, they're church leaders, pastors. They're university professors, seminary professors, and people that are involved in and and have started parachurch ministries that minister specifically in the workplace, workplace ministries. And so leaders from all those different segments will come together and uh, we'll exchange ideas and best practices. Uh, one of the great things that we discovered in Boston is that people really didn't know each other. We'd heard of each other, you know, heard of this person, that person, what they were doing maybe. But to actually meet these people is just a wonderful experience. And then to be able to tap into their resources that they have have created, they're just so much out there, which is so wonderful that uh, n- that people need to know about. And there's, uh, we really f- uh, encourage this idea of collaborative relationships as well, because uh, two are better than one. Uh, and so when you start working together, you get, uh, you know, a multiplication uh, effort in your in your work. And so that's why we that's why we do these summits. Um, it's 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 certainly not a it's something that those of us a few of us in the workplace in workplace ministries in some way really think is important to get us together and that's that's why we do this there's no organization called the summit it's just this is a working conference of people that really want to learn from each other and well, so and, anybody and some... that's interested in this ought to, ought to come join us and, and this is the the format. I mean, are these breakout sessions about different topics? I mean, they're they're. Fan- I mean, what what can they expect? You got about thirty seconds. What what can they expect from this? Well, they can hear from some really important leaders who will be making uh, talks. Uh, there, we have about twenty five people that will actually be on stage doing TED type talks, and then. But the meat of the conference is really when you when we break out and actually enter into discussions about particular particular topics and really try to work together toward solutions and exchange ideas and resources and challenges and those kind of things in the in the breakout sessions. And so that's the that's the meat of the conference uh, is those breakout sessions when you start collaborating with other leaders and learn from them. We got to find a way to broadcast the show live from there because I think if there's anything that uh, I found out is there's not a lot of radio shows out there across our country talking about faith and work. I know of a few, but none of them are every day. And uh, boy, we'd love to be able to be part of that. That's what we got to find. Jim, we got you and I. But, you and I have to yeah. collaborate how to do that. That's that's a fabulous idea. Let's make it happen. All right, Bill. In one minute or less, give me kind of a lowdown of what you see as the biggest struggle that Christ followers are having in connecting their faith in their workplace? Well, uh, no doubt the, the the biggest struggle is being aware of Christ's presence. I mean, even 
even myself, I understand. I I see this. I understand that God cares about work, but there are times when I just fall asleep spiritually, and I and I forget that Christ is here present with me, and He cares about what I'm doing. And so I think that is the biggest struggle that all of us all of us have. And of course, there there are folks you know there are folks out there you know in in huge numbers that haven't even that thought has not even crossed their mind uh, that God really cares about the workplace, which is what makes workplace ministry so important. And when when pe- when we don't realize you know that Christ is here, that He's working with us uh, and and through us in in our in our ordinary work in the ordinary task of our day. Uh, we're, we're susceptible to making small compromises. We're, um, we're, we're leaving so much on the table, so many resources that God, the, the, the creator of the universe, wants to give us when, when, we, when we do about that, when we don't realize that he's there working in us and through us. So and so true. that is, I think that's the biggest thing that, uh, that, that Christians struggle with in the workplace. Bill Peel, Executive Director for the Center of Faith and Work at Laterno University. Thanks so much, Bill. I really enjoyed our conversation. Jim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, bud. All right. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him radio show, what did you learn today? And what kind of resource did you hear about? I want to thank you for listening today. I want to thank Ace for his support today, taking your calls. But I want to challenge you to go out to iWorkForHim.com and, and join the I Work For Him nation tonight because we're going to take this city. You know, every day we hear about how our faith can impact our workplace. And the Center for Faith and Work is just another one of those resources out there for you and me to be able to deepen our faith and to connect up with other people who are are learning about other resources that are out there. We work together as a team. I Work For Him is out there trying to find those resources for you and me to be able to connect our faith in our workplace, whether it's the Faith and Work Summit coming up in October in Dallas or it's this website, centerforfaithandwork.com. Any way you look at it, we need to realize that there is a battle for the hearts and minds and souls of our coworkers and employees, and the enemy takes it very seriously. Are you taking it seriously? Are you equipping yourself to be a workplace evangelist, a workplace pastor? This is a big deal. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business, but ultimately, you know what? Ultimately, I work for him. Yeah.